0: Hello, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Hello once more, everyone. This is Rico, and this is Treks in Sci-Fi, show number 111 for March the 25th, 2007. Going to cover a Deep Space Nine episode today, full episode commentary coming up, a little Star Trek movie news, and a collectible towards the end of the show. So stay tuned. Here we go. Hello everyone and welcome to the Treks in Sci Fi podcast.
1: Scotty, beat me up.
2: Fascinating.
3: Stand by to receive our transmission.
0: Again, hello, this is Rico, and you're back with Trex in Sci-Fi, the podcast about Star Trek, Star Wars, science fiction, inter- entertainment, news, commentary, collectibles, and whatever else I come up with each week. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. It's been a, uh, a very tiring work week. I've uh, got a couple of big projects going on at work, and it's... Well, it's Sunday morning, and let's just say I am still feel kind of exhausted, even though I've gotten a lot of sleep the last couple of nights from last week at work. So um, I'm hoping doing the podcast will uh, refresh me a little bit mentally and get me ready for Monday morning at work. Uh, it's, uh, it sometimes takes more out of me than others, and this was a tough week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing the podcast with, uh, with you today. Just a couple of quick little announcements. Uh, One uh, would be, uh, I'm always looking for, uh, if you uh, enjoy the podcast, I'm always looking for people to put up new reviews on iTunes, on Treks and Sci-Fi's podcast uh, uh, location, I guess you could call it, on iTunes. If you want to get really quickly to it, there's a link off the main treksf.com webpage, or just go to podcasts under iTunes and search for Treks and Sci-Fi. But if you do enjoy the podcast podcast, Please take a, a minute, if you could, and just throw a little quick quick text uh, review up there, what you think about the show and, and that kind of thing. It really helps me out and kind of spreads the word around about the podcast. Well, I'm going to take a little cue from uh, the great uh, Ron Moore, who does the Battlestar Galactica show and his podcast. I listen to that each week uh, after I watch the new episodes. And actually, the season finale is showing tonight on the Sci-Fi Channel here in the States, which I'm really looking forward to. But he always talks about the scotch he's drinking as uh, he does his podcast. So I thought today I would talk about, uh, I've talked about it before, but I tend to drink Gatorade while I'm talking a lot and recording the podcast. And today's Gatorade flavor is Fruit Punch. Again, the show is not sponsored by Gatorade in any, in any way. I just like it. and keeps my throat from drying and... Keeps me from coughing as I record the show. So, and he, he does smoke occasionally, which I, I've never done. So I won't talk about the smokes for this week or anything like that, since that's not something I do. I want to mention a couple other uh, things. Uh, one is this new NBC show called Reigns uh, with Jeff Goldblum. I'm really enjoying, and you know, it's not strictly a sci-fi type show, but it's got sort of a fantasy element to it. It was showing on Thursday nights. They showed the first couple of episodes on Thursdays, and it looks like now it's moving to Friday nights. So I encourage anyone, if you like, um, you know, uh, sort of a cop detective show but with a slight fantasy uh, element to it, check out Jeff Goldblum and Reigns. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Johnson from the Extra Life Radio Show. You're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with my friend Rico. On to uh, before we get to our uh, Deep Space Nine episode, which I'm going to cover this week, which is called Our Man Bashir, coming up here in a few minutes. I'm going to talk a little bit about Star Trek news, which is uh, the main uh, or the only news I'm going to discuss this week. Uh, Boston Legal, William Shatner stars on that show as was picked up for another season, and uh, also Rene Aubergenois, who played Odo on Deep Space Nine, is also on that show. And both both of those actors will be back next season. I've only watched that occasionally. I don't really, I don't tend to only you know, or seek out uh, Star Trek actors when they're in other things, unless the other thing interests me. I you know, I don't tend to watch anything that William Shatner is in just because Shatner's in it. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I, it, it is a fun show. Uh, William Shatner, Denny Crane on that show is pretty uh, interesting character. So that'll be back next year again. The main Star Trek news though that I wanted to talk about is about the next Star Trek movie which is it sounds like it's still being only called Star Trek no Star Trek with a number no subtitle no no Star Trek the motion picture again or anything like that or it's just called Star Trek JJ Abrams project uh, he's going to direct and there's a uh, the casting rumors continue to uh, bubble over in Hollywood and it's looking more and more likely that Gary Sinise will be playing Dr. McCoy in the next Star Trek movie Nothing's, uh, again, officially confirmed, but that's looking more likely, and it's also looking likely that Adrian Brody will be playing Spock and maybe Matt Damon playing Kirk. Uh, No new actors, at least, have been rumored around that I can find on the Internet uh, or in any discussion boards about uh, any other actors being possibly approached to play the three main lead characters as the young Kirk, Spock, and McCoy so that's, uh, that's what's going on. The, the The more interesting rumor I found this week was that uh, it's sounding like the script may involve a uh, sort of a love interest for Mr. Spock's character, which, of course, uh, I guess would have to mean he's going through Pon Far at the time. And the the interesting rumor, I thought, since J.J. J. Abrams used to do the TV show Alias, is that Jennifer Garner, who starred on Alias and is... Um, now married to uh, Matt Damon's friend Ben Affleck, uh, is uh, possibly up for or maybe be cast in the role of Spock's, uh, you know, Vulcan girlfriend or whatever. So, uh, or who knows? Maybe she's human, perhaps. Although I would assume she'd be Vulcan and play uh, T'Pring, perhaps uh, an earlier T'Pring that was, uh, you know, that was shown in the episode of Muck Time. Boy, do I sound like a geek when I start talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's the, those are the rumors flying around. Of course, completely all unconfirmed things. We'll continue to watch the internet and the forums and a lot of places. Uh, Trek movie uh, websites got some good information usually there. So keep uh, tuned to the podcast for more info on the next Star Trek movie. Okay, the uh, there's a movie that came out just this past Friday called, um, or called, hey, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie came out. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, my uh, one of my sons was a huge uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan when he was younger, and I even remember seeing uh, one of the live action movies they did in the theater with him. I haven't seen this new film yet, uh, but uh, somebody on the forums, Dark Molar Man uh, Warren, is his real life name, I believe, and he sent in a quick little uh, review of the movie. It's about, uh, the review he sent in is about a minute and a half long. He does mention some of the plot points. Uh, I don't think it's a lot of giveaways or spoilers, but uh, just wanted to give you that word of warning. So here's uh, Dark Molar Man from the forums and his uh, take and review of the new Mutant Ninja Turtle movie.
2: Hey, this is Dark Mullerman, and I saw TMNT, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, with you. Anyway, it takes place after the Shredder is dead, and Leo has been in Africa for a while to find himself, while Mikey is doing a job called Palabunga Party Services. Donatello is doing tech support, and Raphael is being a Batman figure, you know, shadowy and everything, but he only works at night. The funniest person in the movie is probably Casey Jones. He is a vigilante in a hockey mask. The characters are drawn sort of in a manga style. I give this movie 4 troll shells,
0: Thanks very much, Warren, for that review. And uh, yeah, he didn't really spoil anything much for the for the film. I gave it four out of five turtle shells, so it sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'll probably check that out sometime. Not sure if I'll make it to the theater to see it, but it looks fun. Uh, I can remember, like I said, uh, watching the cartoon show a lot with my kids when they were younger. You know, turtles in that era when my kids were younger was it was a big big thing. You know, that was uh, that was the those were the toys to buy at Christmas time. That was for sure. So. Thanks again, Warren, for that review. Okay, I think that's about all I wanted to cover right now before we get into the main topic, which is the Deep Space Nine episode from the fourth season, Arman Bashir. And as I'm going to cover the episode and do a full uh, commentary on it, I want to get started and I will just talk as we go. So here we go with Arman Bashir. Well, here we go with the episode. Somebody just threw through a glass window. Thrown, I guess. And here is Dr. Bashir looking very dashing in a tuxedo. He sees a reflection of a guy sneaking up on him in a champagne bottle. And he pops the cork off into the guy's head and I knocks him out. For a 45
4: Thank you, Mr mister. mister
3: Bashir. Julian Bashir.
0: And he's got a blonde girl uh, basically and gives her a big kiss. Now Garrick's in a suit uh, clapping.
5: An
3: uninvited guest. Excuse me. Nice tucks, thank you. Now, get out. But, Doctor, I've only just arrived. Breaking into a hall of suite during someone's program is not only rude; it's illegal. I should call Odo and have you arrested. What an extreme reaction that would be. You must be very embarrassed by this program. I'm not
6: embarrassed. I'm annoyed that you have intruded into my privacy. Oh, privacy indeed. I think it goes far deeper than that, Doctor. Ever since you've received this new program, you've spent virtually every free hour in the Hollow Suite, But you haven't told anyone what the program is. Am I supposed to? No, no, no. But you're such a... Uh, forgive me. A talkative man. And it's so
3: unusual for you to have secrets. Oh, I must have picked up that habit from you now. If you will excuse me. Is this fantasy of yours
6: truly revealing of your inner psyche? What? Is that why you're so protective? Are you afraid that I'll find out some humiliating secrets? of the real Julian Bashir? This is a fantasy. I'm not hiding anything. Well, if you've nothing to hide, then why not let me stay?
3: All right. I have to be uh, at work in two hours, and I'd like to enjoy myself. Good takeoff on the
6: Bashir-Garrick
0: relationship in this this episode. My parade.
3: Parade?
6: Never mind. Don't worry, Doctor. I can be very discreet. You'll barely know I'm here. Good. Uh, But if I may make one observation, Garrick, I only want to point out that your lovely companion is leaving. Odd. She seemed so interested in your advances just a moment ago. I wonder what scared her away. Oh, no. I do apologize. You must be incensed. In fact, if I were in your shoes, I'd grab a bottle of champagne and shoot me. I can see I'm going to regret this. Don't worry, Doctor. we're going to have a wonderful time after all. What could possibly go wrong?
0: Uh, of course, uh, last words were always spoken, Her best last words. Okay, well now we're just going into the theme song. I'll give you a little uh, quick uh, background here. This episode, again, Our Man Bashir, uh, was uh, from the fourth season of Deep Space Nine, you know, the excellent, uh, I guess, second spin off from the original show, uh, the series after... Next Generation. This episode, uh, the original story was submitted by uh, one of Deep Space Nine's uh, script uh, assistants and typist, Robert Gillen. The The actual teleplay, the script for the episode, was written by Ronald D. Moore, who now works on Battlestar Galactica. They were, uh, for a while, looking for uh, kind of a... Uh, a hollow deck, hollow suite uh, on Deep Space Nine is, as it's called, type uh, you know program for the the actors to uh, show up in. You know they had a few of them. Uh, they had the um, Detective uh, Dixon Hill series for Picard on Next Generation, and they were looking for something similar to that for Deep Space Nine, something that the crew uh, could get involved in. You know, maybe show up, uh, do an episode in the holodeck. You know, once a year or so. But they were also resisting doing a another holodeck gone wild, I like to call it, or holodeck malfunction type show. This happened, of course, so many times throughout uh, next gen, and and it just they wanted something a little bit different. And I think they came up with a, a pretty good idea for this episode. It's it's a little different. The holodeck does have a few problems, but there's an another thing that takes place in this episode that makes it a little more interesting. So, now we're moving back into the episode.
7: You live
3: here? That's right. Decorate it yourself? The decor is appropriate for the period, 1964. How did you pronounce the name of this city? Kowloon. It's part of Hong Kong.
6: And the nightclub was in Paris, which, if I remember correctly, was on the other side of the planet.
2: Mr. Bashir, I didn't expect you home so soon.
3: I decided to leave Paris uh, a little early. Allow me to introduce my friend, Mr. Garrick. Garrick, this is my personal valet. Mona loves it.
6: Pleased to make your acquaintance. The
0: names in this episode
6: are are great.
3: Mona loves loves it. it. Let's see if we can find Mr. Garrick something as well.
6: I'll see what I can do. Would you like me to put this away?
3: Please. Care for a drink.
6: Uh, not just
0: yet now this obviously this is episode is is basically right assassin? out of uh, the 1960s ballet, James Bond type films, She's other uh, movies, movies and things of the era Armand Flint chemistry, uh, and physics, the other TV and series uh, Wild, Wild Wild West uh, uh, Ron Moore is a big fan of those kinds of TV shows and movies and grew up on them kind of like I did anything? actually and so he he really loved writing this uh, episode.
6: I take it your character is some kind of rich dilettante with a fascination for women and weapons.
3: Actually, my character is far more disreputable. I'm a spy. Spy? And you live here? Yes. I work for one of the nation states of this era, Great Britain, which is battling various other nations in what is called the Cold War. This apartment, my clothes, weapons, even my valet were provided to me by my government. I think
6: I joined the wrong
3: intelligence, sir. (laughs)
0: Now
8: we're out on a
5: runabout uh, Heading down to Deep Space Nine This is Captain Sisko requesting landing clearance
8: Welcome back, Captain You're cleared to set down on landing pad three
5: How was the conference? Informative, but I've got a ship full of tired officers here I think we'll all be happy to be in our own beds tonight I can imagine There's some message traffic
8: from Starfleet Command For you to look at, but nothing Captain, some kind of power surge in the
7: warp core
5: Looks like a fluctuation in the plasma coils. We'd better take the warp core offline.
7: Pretty much the main, Can't. uh, pressing the command control systems. I
5: completely left out. Magnetic interlocks are failing. Are on Warf the shuttle.
0: Worf is, is there, warp even. Cisco, Kira. There's Brian. Correction. The ejection
8: system is missing. We've been sabotaged. Ten seconds to warp core breach. Or Anoko, cut your impulse engines and drop your deflectors. We're going to try to beam you out of there. Acknowledged. Cut main power. I've locked on. Energizing.
0: Well, they tried to beam them off, but it it looks like it didn't work. They started to materialize it on uh, an ops, but uh, there was a surge and, and they all disappeared. That's the look for the episode. Captain
8: Cisco's runabout exploded while I was trying to beam them back. Some of the energy traveled back along the transporter beam and blew up the primary energizing coils. Do we still have their patterns? Yes, they're in the buffer. But the patterns will start to degrade if not used immediately. We need to store the patterns
7: somewhere. Now this is more complicated than just an ordinary transporter pattern. We're going to have to preserve all the neural signatures of everyone on that runabout you know how much memory it would take to save just one person's neural signature, much less five? I don't think we have any choice. Computer, I need to store all
8: data currently in the transporter pattern buffer. Where can I save it?
2: There is insufficient
7: computer memory to save the data. Pattern buffer is beginning to lose coherence. Patterns will start to
8: degrade any second now. Computer, what if we wiped all computer memory in every system on the station and then stored the patterns?
4: That procedure has not been tested. It cannot be predicted.
8: The buffer is depolarizing. Computer, this is a command priority override Wipe all computer memory necessary In order to save the patterns from the buffer Authorization Eddington 065 Alpha Enable
4: Executing command override
8: Tricorder
0: So basically they need a little more memory For your Windows PCs there On Deep Space Nine
7: Did the computer save them in time? I think so, but I'm not sure where.
6: Thank you, my dear. Yes, this should do. Here's nicely.
8: a little
0: uh, aside. The guy who's playing well, Eddington on uh, so Deep sure Space Nine was in a uh, uh, sort of a cult classic movie, Crawl, played by played Colwyn oh, Ken- Kenneth Marshall
6: is his name.
3: Isn't this a rather ostentatious life for a spy? It's all part of my cover. I'm posing as a wealthy jet setter, so I have to act like one. Jet setter people of this era used to travel in and...
0: they're in Bishir's apartment he heard kind of a bump kind of noise now his uh his wall is rotating and his bed appears and it's Kira but not quite looking like normal Kira
4: Julian I must have fallen asleep
3: very funny who else did you invite along with you today? Well, this wasn't my idea. Major.
4: Colonel, actually. Colonel Anastasia Komonanov, KGP. Oh, Julian. I never thought I'd see you live again. Not after you fell out of that dirigible over Iceland.
3: I had a parachute. And there was a submarine there waiting for me. But how did you know about that? You've been downloading my Holoweite program.
4: Oh Julian, you are not well. Let's lie down.
6: I must say Major Kira is certainly throwing herself into the role, Doctor.
3: Neris, please.
4: Who is this Major Neris Kira.
3: Kira Neris, actually. perhaps this isn't Major Kira after all. I'm beginning to think you're right. Computer, restore the image of Colonel Komononov back to its original parameters.
4: Unable to comply. The character parameters of Colonel Komononov are correct.
6: I'd say someone's been tampering with your program, Doctor.
4: Julian, we don't have time for
3: games. There is much to talk about. Excuse me. Computer, freeze program.
4: Unable to comply. Computer control has been disrupted due to station-wide emergency.
3: Emergency? Bushido Ops, what's going on?
7: We've got our hands full right now, Doctor. Stand by.
4: Oh, no,
8: wait. Doctor, where are you? And do you have access to a working computer console?
3: I'm in Holosuite 3. The program's running, but it won't comply with my commands. The program is still running?
4: I demand to know who you are talking to. Julian, tell me.
3: That sounded like Kira. Not exactly. Someone has replaced one of the characters with the image of Major Kira. What's going on?
8: Stay where you are, Doctor. Keep the program running for now. We'll get right back to you. Julian, talk to me.
0: Here's a little aside, Except you know, the in real life, Nana Visitor and I'm Alexander Siddig, doctor? who plays Bashir, do, don't end program, ended up becoming a not. couple on Deep Space Nine, accident. and this episode uh, was filmed just after that happened, so I think it adds a lot of spice to this program, program, episode that they, in real life, were, we're seeing each other. It's a
8: long story, but at this moment, the patterns of Captain Sisko, Kira, Worf, Dax, and O'Brien
7: exist only in the Holosuite database. Don't leave the Holosuite. If you do... It might disrupt the hollow imaging array, and right now we can't take any chances. You'll have to stay in there and keep the program running for now. Understood. We'll get back to you, Doctor.
4: Oh, Julian. You are so tense.
2: It's
3: been one of those days.
4: I wish I could relax you, but I am here on business. In the last 24 hours, a series of earthquakes have struck cities from Vladivostok to New York. Our seismologists have analyzed the earthquakes and have come to the conclusion that they are
6: artificial. So, that's not
4: so difficult. One only has to... Garrick! Your friend seems to know something.
3: Believe me, he knows nothing.
4: If you say so, because of the global nature of this crisis, my government and yours have decided to cooperate. We will be working very closely.
3: I'm sure we will.
4: Our assignment is to find out who caused the earthquakes and what they want.
6: A rather vague assignment.
4: We do have one clue. One of the world's leading seismologists, Professor Honeybear, has vanished. We believe she has been kidnapped. She's
0: got all these files on the bed that she keeps pulling out. It's pretty funny.
4: I didn't think she was her type.
3: You said she's been kidnapped.
4: We think so. She disappeared only a few hours before the first quake struck New York City. Doctor, we're in the middle of an emergency.
6: Is this really the time to be playing
3: games? Look. Interesting. The,
0: this Professor Honeybear, Honeybear is Dax. Cool. The computer Dax. will erase
3: her character from its program. Now, since the program thinks that Dax is Honeybear... The computer would actually be erasing Commander Dax's pattern. Kira, um, Anna... Um, do you have any idea where Professor Bear is? She was last seen. I'll be right with you, Mona.
0: Uh oh. Mona's dead with a knife in her. Now some thug guys in usual caps and black coats. Oh, and O'Brien shows up with an eye patch.
3: Chief? No, it's Falcon.
7: Nice to see you, Mr. Bashir. Now, I think we have a little unfinished business. From
0: what I read, the the cast and crew had a great time with this episode. Actually, this episode took them nine days to film due to all the special setups and sets and stunts. Well, probably the longest Deep Space Nine episode, uh, or the longest filming time of any of the episodes. Something like this.
4: What? Vet, please. Let us have one last kiss.
7: Why not? I've always been a romantic at heart.
4: Eating.
7: All right, Bashir, that's enough.
0: The music they use in this uh, is really, really reminiscent of Bond movies
6: and TV oh, so shows, jewelry. spy shows. Really good. I
3: bought those really Anastasia last Christmas.
6: You're bleeding. Oh, the holosuite safeties must be off.
3: Time
4: to clip these bird's wings. No. What are you doing? We can't kill him. Julian, what are you saying? He's been trying to kill you for nine years.
6: I wouldn't dismiss her idea so quickly, Doctor. But that's Miles. No, as you pointed out, he's Falcon, a hired assassin who's going to do everything he can to kill you. And without the holosuite safeties in place, he may just do that.
3: Well, what do you want me to do?
6: Kill him? I want you to stop treating this like a game where everything's going to turn out all right in the end. Real spies have to make hard choices. You want to save Dax? Fine. Of course, uh, Garrett knows what he's talking about being Who part of the
0: Cardassian spy network, the Obsidian that. Order, for a number of years. Of course, now
4: he's just a simple tailor, meantime, like he always likes to say. Dax.
3: Dax. Who is Dax? Anna, I promise I'll explain everything later. Now, you said Professor Bear had been kidnapped. Do you have any suspects?
4: If we believe that Dr. Noah is behind the abductions. During the last two years he has kidnapped an elite group of 60 artisans and scientists from around the world No one knows why or various I think
0: uh, Nanad does Our a great job with this little Russian accent she tries to put on in this episode and a again Paris, a lot of fun versus her normal character of Kira
3: da. I had a feeling Sorry my dear
0: So all I the basic, uh, most of time time the personnel in Deep Space are all Paris. stuck in the holodeck in these different characters now. A real cool idea, I think. And they can't obviously do anything drastic, for else it will uh, kill them in real
8: life. Junkyard in here.
5: My brother won't let me buy new components, so I've had to scavenge for what I need. I'm barely breaking even on the Hollow Suites as it is. If I buy new equipment,
6: Where's the core memory interface? Oh.
3: Mm,
8: it's right behind a spatula. A spatula? It's made of a copper and terbium composite, the perfect plasma conductor.
0: <laughs> so they're at quarks looking at the Holosuite controls, trying All to five f- of their fix physical physical the uh, problem. Right here,
8: and they're stable. Why here? The Holosuite is specifically designed to store highly complex energy patterns. The computer's processing their physical patterns as if they were Holosuite characters trouble is I'm not reading any neural energy neural energy
5: has to be stored at the quantum level the hollow 3 can't handle that
7: so if their physical bodies are stored here where are their brain patterns everywhere else their brain patterns are so large that they're taking up every bit of computer
6: memory on the station replicator memory weapons life
7: supports you may be right So what do we do about it? How do we get them back?
0: Keep expecting uh, Austin Powers to show up. Yeah, baby! Oh, I'll never do that again. Sorry about that. They're at a uh, sort of a disco club from the 60s right now. You call that a disco club? No, not a disco club. A discotheque, maybe.
3: Uh, I'd like to see Dr. Noah. I have an invitation.
0: Now it's uh, Anastasia and Bashir and Garrick at this club looking for uh, Dr. Noah. Get it kind of like Dr. No from the James Bond films. They did a great job with this episode. It was nominated for a few Emmys, costumes, uh, makeup.
5: May I see your invitation? Ah, Dr. it's Worf. Worf in a time, I am Duchamp. I am Dr. Noah's associate. May I?
3: My name's Meriwether. Patrick Meriwether. And this is my wife, Anastasia. And my friend, Mr. Garrick.
5: Charmed. Your invitation, Mr. Merriweather. I don't have one. Dr. Noah does not like unexpected guests.
4: Oh, I believe Dr. Noah would be very interested in meeting my husband. He's one of the leading geologists in the world.
5: Now, why would that interest Dr. Noah? Oh,
6: we believe he's taken quite an interest in the sciences. After all, he has
3: invited several of the world's top scientists to this club. Isn't that true? I must say I feel a little insulted by being left out of such an illustrious group.
0: Here we got, uh, you know, at this point in time, Michael Dorn's on wharf on Deep Space Nine. A meeting still can be arranged. I always uh, really thought uh, Michael Dorn does a great job Find as a Logan Klingon. Franks. Got the right voice, the right look, just just fits the part perfect.
5: No problem. I do not understand. Where's the rest of your money? Right in front of you. Shall we begin?
7: A Cardassian separatist group calling themselves the True Way has claimed responsibility for sabotaging the runabout. Never heard of them before? Mm. They're opposed to the peace treaty. They blame the Federation for Cardassia's economic and political troubles, etc., etc. There's
0: Rene uh, uh, Obejois playing Odo. uh, I met him at a convention quite a few years back. Got an autograph. Really nice guy. Real nice with the fans.
8: The computer restored the neural energy patterns of everyone on the runabout throughout the entire station. Don't everyone thank me at once
5: what we need to do is reintegrate their neural patterns with their physical patterns from the Suite and rematerialize them. Armin Shimmerin
0: as uh, Quark, it's always systems, great, uh, really good actor, the ended up doing uh, uh, some Buffy episodes uh, as the except, mayor except what?
5: well, my equipment isn't designed to interface with Starfleet systems I may have to make some modifications
0: Max uh, Groddchenek I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name correct, he plays Rom, uh, another nice guy, does a lot of conventions. Now uh, Bashir and and the the Dushan guy, the Wharf character here, are playing cards, Uh, and Bashir, there's a big pot of money. Bashir's doing okay, I think.
5: Nine. five million francs You're quite a Baccarat player, Mr. Merriweather Baccarat
3: and geology are my life Now then, Mr. Duchamp, Good I believe I've met your conditions When do we leave? Right now
0: just pulled out a uh, cigar there and gassed them all. A Typical uh, 60s spy technique, of course. Little gadgets all of, all the time showing up in this episode. Lots of fun things. It's so really, you know, it's a unique Deep Space Nine episode, and, and I think that's one of the things I really like about it. Uh, not that the other regular-type episodes are, are great, but this one kind of stands out when, when you look Another at them all.
6: Another decorator's nightmare. This era had a distinct lack of taste. Where are we?
5: Welcome to paradise, Mr. Merriweather. I believe you've been looking for me. My name is Hippocrates Noah. Now we have Sisko
0: as this evil Dr. Noah, the evil uh, genius character. They're at this sort of uh, chalet of his. That's right.
5: Then I'm sure you can appreciate these stones in my most recent acquisition.
3: A most striking display of rubies. Tourmaline, sapphire, topaz. And judging by the high chromium content of the rubies, I'd say they come from the hydrothermal deposits on the Tibetan Plateau. Which isn't surprising, considering we're on the southeastern slope of Mount Everest at about... 22,000 feet, I should say 25, actually You must not get many tourists
5: My guests and I place a premium on our privacy We don't want any unwelcomed guests such as men sent by governments who disagree with my political philosophy
4: And what is your philosophy? Are you
5: some kind of anarchist? Quite the opposite. I believe in an orderly world. A far cry from the chaos we find ourselves in today. We are.
0: I think it's really neat how they how they future, kind of tried to associate the different you know Deep Space Nine characters America's, with these '60s chapter, uh, counterparts and
5: human history, Cisco being life the
0: life evil mad genius online, and Kira's online. character and and uh, Dax will be in here soon as the scientist. Uh, Pretty neat how they put it all together. Uh,
5: Sometimes I do get ahead of myself. Allow me to explain.
0: This is the point where the evil mad genius explains his evil plan so that you all know about it, and obviously this gives the hero a chance to
5: stop it.
6: We're almost ready. I've programmed the laser sequence, and I'm making some last-minute adjustments to a South American site.
5: I do have every confidence in you, my dear. She's working, him. You see, Mr. Merriweather, not only do I intend to create a new future, I intend to create a new world. At each one of these points, I have hidden a new form of laser. One that can penetrate the Earth's crust a laser down beam. into the mantle itself. The global earthquakes. Those were only tests. Soon, I will activate all of these lasers together. And when I do... They will produce worldwide earthquakes the likes of which we have never felt before. It's funny seeing
0: Dax in these glasses the makes me think she'd play oh, yeah. a, a good uh, Wonder Woman. There comes a time she looks a lot like Linda Carter did you know, in the old Wonder Woman TV so series when she had the glasses termos, on as Diana Prince before she changed into uh, Wonder Woman. But
5: demolish the house and build again.
0: But she here is, of course, playing Dr. Honeybear, the Bear, the, uh, the person coming up effect. with this plan to uh, create this chaos on the earth of, of all these earthquakes. Is to have
5: these lasers of mine produce massive fissures in the earth's crust, releasing millions of tons of molten lava. Molten lava. Now, Mister Merriweather, you're the geologist. Tell me. What happens next?
3: Once that much lava is released, the tectonic plates would begin
5: to settle. And the surface of the planet will shrink. Just like letting air out of a balloon.
4: But if the surface of the Earth shrinks? The oceans
5: will
3: cover the Earth. Diabolical.
5: Visionary. I am going to let mankind begin anew, here, in this island paradise, the only place that will remain above water on my brave new world. And that is why I have gathered the finest minds, the very best that mankind has to offer. We will repopulate and start a new human race. There won't be a lot
0: of land left to repopulate if that's all that's left the tip of uh, Mount Everest. Avery Brooks does a great job here as this evil, mad scientist.
5: uh, Really over the
0: top, but it's called for.
5: Not only have I brought the greatest minds to my mountain retreat, but I have also hired the greatest protection that money can buy. I believe you already know my newest employee.
0: Ah, uh, it's O'Brien back again as the bad guy with the eye patch.
8: Is all this really necessary? It's the best I can do. How long until we're ready to try retrieving their patterns? I'd say another hour.
0: Another really nice thing about this episode is going to kill me. you know, it really utilizes the cast uh, in completely. Everyone gets a little um, spot in the in the limelight here in this episode, which is a lot of really nice thing. I think that they get
5: a chance to do that. Uh, this is one of everyone gets a chance to shine a little. around the world. When I throw that switch, it'll begin a five minute countdown that even I can't stop.
0: Now they're in another Once set area fires, where uh, Garrick and Bashir Dawn are tied Kate up to this uh, mountain laser mountain drill apparatus, and She's the typical, you know. Individual hook up the bad guy, or hook up the good guy, excuse me, the bad guy hooks the good guy up to the, you know, diabolical device he's got ready to destroy something, the Earth, uh, uh, the White House, whatever. And, of course, there's a nice digital countdown. They have five minutes before it starts and and starts to melt into and cut into the Earth. Really classic spy stuff, classic Bond kind of... uh, especially from this era, from the 60s, which so Bashir's Holosuite program was
6: set up I'm for. I'm thinking, think faster. I don't know if I've made this explicit to you or not, Doctor, but I really don't want to die chained to a 20th century laser. I think it's time to end this program.
3: <laughs> we can't do that.
6: We'd wipe out the patterns of Cisco and the others. Then may I suggest calling Commander Eddington and having him send someone in here to remove these handcuffs? You
3: heard what Odo said We don't know what'll happen if we interrupt the hollow imaging array By calling for the doors The entire program might collapse and kill them all Well I only know one thing for sure
6: doctor That when the molten lava begins Pouring into this cave You and I are going to be very uncomfortable Who's that? So it's I'll Andrew it out
0: Andrew Robinson plays Garrick uh, Really wonderful actor Does a great a job waste. in the role Ah, it's, it's, it's uh, Dax's character, Money Bear. Are.
3: Is that your plan? Shut up, Noah. Only wants you for your mind. He can't appreciate the woman inside you. Uh, honey, would you grant me one last request and take off those glasses?
0: Oh. <laughs> That's just great. Of course, uh, you know Bashir has always been uh, kind of after Dax on Deep Space
2: Nine. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Terry Farrell uh, playing Dax, uh, really, really a wonderful actress. Saw her at a con. Real know, fun. Real fun your person. Your hair
3: would look so much better if it were free. I must say, Doctor, this is more than I
6: ever wanted to know about your fantasy life. <laughs> Oh,
0: it's too much. It's pretty funny. I always love this—the the the girl, the woman, or whatever—pulls out one little pin, and the hair is like perfectly it's comes down. Just, you know,
5: no I problem. I want to
3: remember before I die.
2: Thank you.
0: Well, she started to walk away, but now she comes back, and of course... I'd give you both some privacy if I could. Gives uh, Bashir a big kiss.
6: Great plan. Now can we call Eddington?
3: Ah, that will not be necessary. Honey
6: has given me all we need. Hmm. Kiss the girl, get the key. They never taught me that in the Obsidian Order. Five seconds. Come on. Laser
0: beam my active. Uh, of the paper. <laughs> now, the classic end of any spy would be everything's falling down around you.
3: We have to get to the control room. What? This program ends like the others. Either come on and off, or Honeybear will be killed by
0: Doctor Noah. We're, the the, the others pulling to all these me. different little parts out of uh, case, his tucks, making make sure a little small gun us. out of you it all. You expect
6: to take on Noah and his men
3: with that? It's my fantasy.
6: Trust me. No. This has gone far enough. It's time to cut our losses. We can't do that. Dax like, might Yes, they might be killed, and that is unfortunate. But there comes a time when the odds are against you, and the only reasonable course of action is to quit. Quit? Yes.
3: Is that what they taught you at the Obsidian Order?
6: To give up when things get tough? As a matter of fact, they did. That's why I've managed to stay alive while most of my colleagues are dead, because I know when to walk away, and that time is now.
3: Now! And you'd know that, Doctor, if you were a real intelligence agent. Oh, so that's what this is all about. The fact that my fantasy happens to step on what you consider to be your private domain. Well, what's the matter, Garrick? Have I bruised your ego by play-acting at something you take so very seriously? That's something else you've yet to learn, Doctor. A
6: real intelligence agent has no ego, no conscience, no remorse, only a sense of professionalism. And mine is telling me that it's time to go. Computer!
5: Don't! Or what?
3: You'll kill me? If you call for the exit, you might kill Cisco and the others, and I am not prepared to risk that. I'm afraid. I don't believe you'll pull that trigger. I wouldn't be so sure about that.
6: It's time to face reality, Doctor. You're a man who dreams of being a hero because you know, deep down, that you're not. I'm no hero either, but I do know how to make a choice. And I'm choosing to save myself. Computer, show me the mechanism! Ah. You'll be fine. It's
3: just a flesh wound. That was awfully
6: close. What if you killed
3: me? What makes you think I wasn't trying? Doctor, I do believe there's hope for you yet. I'm so relieved. Now we have to get to the control room. Are you coming or not? Whoa. who am I to
6: question Julian Bashir, secret agent? (laughs)
3: Lead on. Everybody stay where you are. Good, good stuff. Your weapon,
5: Dr. Noah. This is your doing. You let them go.
4: I'm sorry, Doctor Julian. You are just in time. He was about to activate the final sequence of the lasers. Kill him, Julian.
3: Not this time, Anna.
4: Well then, I will. No. Oh, what are you doing?
5: Making a mistake. Thank yeah, you, now Mister. Now everyone shows up. Duscha.
4: Heading
8: to the Bashir. We're going to try rematerializing their patterns in about two minutes.
5: Understood. And what is it you understand, Mr. Bashir? That you should have killed me when you had the chance. I agree. But then again, I suppose it wouldn't be very heroic. I, on the other hand, have no pretensions about the idea of being a hero. Wait. Maybe I'm tired of being a hero.
3: Maybe I've thought over what you've said and decided that you're absolutely right. About what? Everything. The decadence of the world, the need for order. The more I think about it, the more I realize that your way may be the only way.
5: (laughs) You expect me to believe that? You are Julian Bashir, a man who has spent his entire life dedicated to fighting against. Yes, but that's really all about some to great, end
0: uh, now, isn't it? great acting
3: They're here.
5: Again, just love
0: this. Love this episode. Great use Can you of all see the actors' the sense characters. In that? Uh, really well,
3: well done.
5: No, no.
3: I'm an intelligence agent and if there's any one thing I've learned it is that there comes a point when the odds are against you and there is no reasonable course of action but to quit how do you think I've managed to stay alive so long when all of my compatriots are dead it is because I have known when to walk away ah
0: using some of Garrick's lines stalling a little for time here as they're trying to get these, uh, get them out of the holodeck.
7: You can start transferring the neural energy to the Defiant. Acknowledged. Beginning data transfer. You make a very
5: interesting argument, Mr. Bashir. But I'm afraid I've been looking forward to killing you for a long time. You need to move beyond that.
3: You need to start thinking about your new world order. You may even need someone like me.
5: If you think that by going over there, you are going to destroy my control console, you are wasting your time.
3: I don't intend to destroy your console, Doctor. I intend to use it.
6: You've just activated the final laser
7: sequence. You've destroyed the so far. Data transfer complete. I am re-establishing computer control over the station. It's working, just as you planned. You've done it, Doctor. Yes.
5: But somehow, I didn't expect to win. I suppose the only thing left to do now is to kill you. What happened, Commander?
7: What did you do to my
8: ship? It's going to take some explaining. Eddington De Bashir. We've got them, Doctor. You can leave the
6: Holosuite now.
0: Yeah, they all beamed Stand out. They're through. back in their uniforms.
6: Interesting. You saved the day by destroying the world.
3: I bet they didn't teach you that in the Obsidian Order.
6: No, no. There was a great deal they didn't teach me. Like the value of a good game of chance. Or how indulging in fantasy keeps the mind creative lunch tomorrow of course but why don't we have it at your place in Hong Kong unless of course this was your last mission
3: oh I think it's safe to say that Julian Bashir secret agent will return hmm
0: So there we are with uh, Arman Bashir, a great fourth season episode from Deep Space Nine. One of the things that's been a little bit tricky and difficult with covering Deep Space Nine episodes is that there are are so many of them that have a sort of continuing arc and storyline going, so I tend to try to pull out episodes that are a little more uh, unique and standalone to cover and comment on for the podcast, but I am going to cover some of the the longer arcs eventually, and some of the multi-part episodes of Deep Space Nine when they get into the big uh, war with the Dominion and all that. But for now, this uh, this looked like a great episode to cover, and I hope you guys, uh, everyone, enjoyed uh, listening to my commentary and discussion on this. I'm going to take a very short break, and while uh, this break is going on, you will be hearing uh, the Moyer review of Our Man Bashir with a few other comments from them. So listen to that, and I'll be right back.
1: Hey everybody at Trex and Sci-Fi, this is Rick And this is Nathan And this is, this is the a Father and Son Review, review. Alright, this week we're going to do a real quick one Because uh, we didn't get a chance to watch Our Man Bashir all the way through We don't own the Deep Space Nine uh, DVDs But we have watched the show many times And we really enjoy it What do you like about the episode, Nathan? Well, well with this episode, it was a lot like sort of 007 kind of-ish He was in his hollow novel mm-hmm. And he got to experiment with all the different characters Because they got stuck in the Hollow buffers, yeah, that was cool. I think i some of my favorite episodes are when Star Trek gets out of character and they put their character the the actors into different characters and this was one of those episodes I really enjoyed because of that. I know it was all stereotypical, but it was really cool and it was kind of fun to watch um um, Cisco be kind of eccentric and weird, and uh, he is—he is like that in, in normal life. Yeah. I mean, we watch him on interviews and stuff. It's like Avery Brooks is kind of strange, but he got to actually play that part. It was really kind of cool, mm-hmm. so we enjoyed it. Uh, what? How many stars did you give the episode? I would probably give it four out of five. It was a fairly cheap episode too, because I think it was just one of those chip-in-a-bottle kind of one. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'll, I also would give it four out of five stars. The other thing we wanted to talk about is we went and watched The Last Mimsy yesterday, <laughs> and uh, the whole family went and we watched it in the theaters. And what did you think of the the movie, Nathan? Well, it had some cool effects in it, but that was about it. The people who wrote it didn't really seem to put much time into it, it seemed like. Now, I thought the movie was was pretty good, but the acting... I would say, you know, using children actors and stuff like that, sometimes that can be really good. In this case, I didn't think the acting was that great, but it was great special effects and I thought the plot was just a little strange, a little hard to follow at times. Um, but it was a it, overall it was a great movie, science fiction movie to go and watch. It's just in a different kind of vein. It's it's it was kind of named for kids I yeah think. well and it was in our area too uh, on woodby island i mean we're we we only live yeah. about 100 miles away from there so my parents live up by that in that area too so it's kind of cool to see uh some of the sti- things that we've actually walked around on and like the ferry we've ridden the ferry and all that stuff and they had that in the movie so it was kind of cool mm-hmm. but great special effects and how many stars do you give the movie mm-hmm. two and a half. half two and a half i'll give it three out of five stars and uh, that's every. We also went and saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We watched a while. movie. That was movies. like 20,000 times better. Yeah, than... but we won't comment about that because yeah. we understand somebody else has a review of it. So yeah. uh, we liked the movie, though. All right, uh, this is Rick. And this is Nathan. And this was the Father, Father and Son, Son review. review. Bless you guys. Have a great day.
0: Well, thanks, Rick and Nathan, for uh, covering both The Last Mimsy and the Armand Bashir episode. Yeah, it's. Uh, that looked like an interesting movie, The Last Mimsy. Uh, they've done us kind of a string of these kind of movies. It seems like about kids and fantasy worlds, uh, and it's uh, it looks like kind of another one along those lines. I'm sure I'll catch it sometime on, on maybe on DVD, as long uh, or also along with the uh, Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, for the uh, collectible section, I'm going to talk about something that I, I got quite a while ago, and it's kind of a, a sort of a self-made item a little bit um, this uh, what I wanted to mention this week is a kind of a replica of the golden Idol from the first uh, Indiana Jones movie from Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, I'm a member over on the replica prop forum and for some props and replicas that aren't readily available that no one has really started to make or manufacture, what usually happens is, is a fan comes forward in and decides to uh, to make something to replicate these items, like the, the Ark of the Covenant in Raiders, or in my case that I have this Golden Idol from the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's a cool little item. It was just a, uh, a plaster cast uh, sort of replica of it that I uh, basically spray painted gold. It came out pretty nice, I think. Uh, there are uh, quite a few of these. You can find these kind of things on eBay. Uh, some of them are already finished. Some of them are unfinished. I bought an unfinished one and did it myself. Some people actually plate them with with real like gold and uh, make them really shiny and nice. Uh, the um, There has been discussions and talks that Master Replicas, the uh, replica company that makes a lot of Star Wars and Star Trek items and other things, is going to get the Indiana Jones license and start making some proper replicas based on the Indiana Jones character. And with the, the new movie starting to film in a few months and coming out in 2008, I think we're going to see a lot more Indiana Jones uh, information in the news and replicas start to show up. So I'm I'm sure that someone will make a licensed replica of this piece, but for now, this is what I've got, and it's pretty neat. I really like it. It's very very heavy since it's a plaster cast item, but it's uh, it's pretty nice. i got a little glass case here, and there are some f- pictures of it, of course, up in the collectible section, collectible uh, gallery that I have off the main website. So check them out, and that's uh, the collectible review for this week. And that, for everyone listening, still brings us to about the end of this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. I hope you enjoyed uh, the discussion about Arman Bashir and the other things that I covered this week. Uh, again, take a time and uh, take the time and maybe put a little uh, review up on iTunes or a vote on Podcast Alley. always appreciate that for those that listen to the show and enjoy it. Uh, you can always email me, treksf at gmail.com. Or call the voicemail line if you've seen a movie or a TV show or even read a book recently in the sci-fi fantasy realm and want to comment on it, you can always call uh, 206-88-TREX or just email me an MP3 uh, review of what you've seen. I'm always happy to play those kind of things. So until next time, oh, coming up in the future, we have this week, uh, Wednesday, I'm going to release a special interview that I did uh, just yesterday with a very interesting gentleman and I'm going to kind of keep that as a surprise. But look for a special Wednesday edition of Treks in Sci-Fi coming out uh, fairly long. Uh, be about an hour long or more. I think it's more than an hour long interview with someone. So that's coming up this Wednesday. And next weekend, I think I'm going to be doing a, sort of a, a special non-Trek type podcast next weekend. I have a couple ideas. Stay tuned to the treksf.com website. Uh, and I will post uh, what I'm going to be covering next week there very soon. Until next time, everyone, have a great week. Uh, spring is here, weather is better, and I'm enjoying that. So take care, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now. This has been a Rick Dostey Podcast production.
2: You said don't talk fast, and that's how you show excitement. All right, talking talk about a little
0: them. faster. Then. Okay,
2: this has been a Rick Dostey Podcast
8: production.
0: This podcast, copyright 2007, all rights reserved.